Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome back to Wells Biz, live from our Brain Group studios. Nice to have your company for the call. Uh, 10 stocks picked by you. I put those stocks to our expert panel and we do it all in one hour. I don't like mucking around at the start with these two because we always seem to run out of time. And they have so much to say, good stuff to say. Uh, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you. You got that proviso in just yeah, in time. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Maiden Thomas and Darren from Deep Data Analytics. How are you, sir? Good to good see to you. Um, mm. The wash up of earnings season. What was the the feeling from the two of you? I reckon you it was happy? probably it was probably a little bit better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we everyone thought that the retailers and consumer discretionary would be hurt a lot more than actually was, and I don't know what whether what happened is an illustration that the sector is just um, better managed and can avoid bombs going off, mm. um, or if it's an indication that the consumer is not yet as hurt as we had thought they would right. be. But there's just there doesn't seem to be enough pain in the economy when you consider the dramatic change we've had in the interest rate environment. I'm just not seeing that much pain. I'd even say there's a lot of optimism baked in mm. now, and that surprises me. I don't think it's unwarranted necessarily, or I don't think it's exuberant, but it's just surprising. It's not what mm. I expected. Nathan, uh, from household spending and savings rates, they've been Collapsed. spending their savings. Yeah. <laughs> which has got to come to an end sometime, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a global trend. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone is spending all their savings. Everyone's racking up credit card debts, um, household debts. So it's it's one of those things where it's not a local thing, but it's a global thing. Mm. Every everyone around the world, the employment market has held up better than most people thought, and the demographic change has helped that. And then you've got this spending thing, which is driven by this concept that you know I can outlast the central bank. Which is kind of scary because, in context, we always said, "Don't fight the Fed." Yep. Everyone's fighting the Fed now. Yeah. Um, and so, in that theory, Graf's right. The interest rates, inflation, cost of living—it's all gone up. So, how do you keep this going? And I think your second um, view is the correct one in the context that people have done other things like increase debt, spend their savings, and so forth, and that's kind of running out of puff. Mm. And we're beginning to see that. And I think that'll play out. But I wonder how our massive immigration flows is affecting retailers as well. Because you saw that in the national accounts, didn't you? Uh, If you take out population growth, Mm. um, we're basically in recession. Yeah, no, you're you're quite right. Massive immigration. Per capita, we are in recession. Yeah. Per worked hour, this is a third negative quarter. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So in reality... Bottom half of the population is already in recession. Mm. Yeah. And that's relatively common around the world. Yeah. Now, because of the inequality and the asset prices, the top half is doing better. But are they doing that much better? Well, the trick is gradually it starts to fester up. Yeah. And I think more and more will struggle. And I don't think uh, the market's expectations of soft landing and rate cuts play out. So how long can this hold up? 
Mm. And that's the big question. It should have, usually the market is forward looking, but it, it's held up a lot better than what most people think. Okay, do. and earnings season is about uh, the year to June 30. Mm. Is it starting to change our stock of the day? Could, is it a bellwether for what's to come? Uh, first five stocks this half hour, Sibmec, Mercury NZ, BSP Financial, Domain, and also Lake Resources. But I, I chose stock of the day as Sims because it today came out with a profit warning now tipping first quarter earnings to roughly break even, citing continuing weak market conditions, signs of softness in a previously resilient US domestic market. Last month, the company reported, yes, a 70% slide in full year net profit on the back of lower sales and volume prices. But are we, let's talk about Sims, Gaurav, but are they a bellwether that with continuous disclosure a lot of companies over yeah. the next couple of weeks, if they're having a terrible first quarter, mm. are going to have to come out and tell us. They haven't traditionally been a bellwether, and it's not a stock I would have thought of as a bellwether, but right. the comments are really important. So traditionally, Sims, um, it's a recycler of, of scrap metal. Yep. And so the, the key drivers of its performance are how much volumes of scrap it can push through its, um, its yards, and then what's the, what's the metal price doing? What's yep. the steel price doing? And this, that steel price, I think, is, is what's influencing um, mm. their uh, results at the moment. And that's probably the thing to keep an eye on right now. Ah. Uh, I think both in China and in the US, there's been a, a period of sustained strength that is now probably cracking. Um, it's, it's very important for us in particular in Australia, this iron ore price. Yeah. We, I've been it's saying our for biggest a customer. Uh, by far, and yep. there's no competition. There's uh, by far our biggest customer. Yep. There are expectations, I think, that China is going to stimulate, and that the same thing we've seen over the last ten or twenty years is going to repeat. And I, I don't think that's going to happen this time. Mm. I think the inclination, and maybe the capacity, is different this time. And um, I, I'm quite cautious on commodities at the moment. I think you've got to be very selective. This big run-up we've seen in, in commodity prices, and this constant vocal expectation that China will save the day. Yeah. I think this is dangerous thinking. So yes, this is probably the first signs of that. Um, I wouldn't, I'd be careful. Historically, Sims has not been, I wouldn't have been considered to be a bellwether, but what they've said today is okay. important. Uh, it is relevant. You'd stay clear of it though? I would, yes, because right. this goes through huge cycles. Yeah. Um, the ups are higher and better than you think, and the lows are far deeper um, and worse than you'd expect. And if this is the beginning of a new cycle, this is not the time to buy mm. the stock. I would actually buy this um, at, at the right time. Um, right. Traditionally, that's been um, sub $6 is when you, you kind of Ooh. want to look at this. Um, so it's got a, potentially a long way to fall. Okay. Um, that's, 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 that's my graph. You know, when you take a cut, he takes it all the way down <laughs> to the bottom. Um, I wouldn't have said six bucks, but it is one where um, there's a fair amount of optimism priced in. This is, I wouldn't say a high quality business, but everything that's been China linked, it's like a, you know, just basically put a new fresh paint on it and throw it back on the market. We get this story about China yeah. uh, doing stimulus. Yeah. It started in November. Mm, yeah. Every month, month and a half, the story comes back, right? And they have done little bits on the edges. They have cut rates, but predominantly their thematic has been to alleviate cost pressures on the consumers and try and get the consumer to spend more. Um, <clears throat> you got youth unemployment at, Huge. I'm assuming 25% because yeah. I stopped saying it after 21, 22. Yeah. Um, so that's, 
when you're at that level and you're that big an economy um, and you've got a problem, what do you do? You are one of the biggest manufacturers in the world. Nobody wants anything. Nobody's buying anything. So yeah. what do you do? You make more stuff and stockpile? No. Well, uh, wasn't a previous stimulus was really building infrastructure on our housing. Yeah. So that kept the steel mills going. That's right. But they've got too much infrastructure and, and then, too much housing. Yeah, and then they started to build infrastructure in other countries yeah. where they had Belt and Road projects. Now the problem is every country that's on that uh, playbook is loaded up with debt and mm. can't even finance their own debt. Right. So they okay. can't pay for any of these things. So they've got these two angles, they're all blocked. So there's really our struggle to see what China is going to stimulate. Yeah. So that's why I don't think that, and hence why we've been negative on the China story. Yeah. And we've that's actually, actually stayed that. It's a really good example of the way markets tend to operate. They tend to think in a, a straight line extrapolation because yeah. we don't know whether China, no one knows. We're, we're guessing, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And the way when, when you don't know something, the markets tend to extrapolate historical data and, and put it through a straight line. And that tells you that the opportunities and the risks in markets are when something changes when something is different from, from in the past. And I, I, my, my, my gut feeling is that that's gonna happen this time. We're gonna have a, a different response from China yeah. than what we've had in the past. And it's a source of tremendous risk um, well, uh, for the market. And Instead they've been deleveraging for nearly two to three years. It, yeah. would, it would make no, no sense, sense. Yeah, to reverse that. Yeah. But their stimulus now is saving that's right. Chinese companies, saving property developers that's from right. going bust. So they'll stimulate on the interest rate side yeah. rather than just build, build more build houses yeah. and, and jobs. It's I mean, about saving jobs. Remember that program. island I said a long time ago outside um, Singapore, off the Malaysian coast, uh, Forest City? They literally built an island in the middle of the sea and mm. built apartment blocks. The whole thing is empty right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so these Not are the much. problems they've got. They've built a lot of infrastructure all over the place, but nobody's using it and they're mm. all in losses. So. It's a tough play for them in the short term. I don't think China's going to, I think China's not going to blow up. I mean, look, I've been in the industry 30 years and I've heard that story from day one. Yeah, right? They're going to blow up next yeah. week. Uh, they're not going to blow up. Even if they did, we're not going to know about it. China will keep going, but they're not going to be economies of scale. They, they've reached that level where it's really hard for them to do what they're doing. Mm. And it's almost impossible when everyone else is in a slowdown. Yeah. So it's a tough play for China. Expecting China to bail out, and unfortunately that is our you know, plan number one in Australia. We just stuff up our policy and wait for China to bail us out. Yeah, and I think happen. that's going to be tough. So you'd avoid Sims? Would you wait to under six dollars? Or gee, that's a long way down. <laughs> I, I always used to say like, it, it'll piss Gaurav off, yeah. but you know QBE and Sims. You always wait for them to get to single digit, mm. and that's when you start looking at it. So I the, am not. Looking. That's been the right advice historically. And I am not. Yeah. So yeah. I look for, and this is nothing scientific. Mm. When these things get below uh, ten dollars to single digit, when they turn from the bottom, I'm buying. Right. Okay. And because then you get the love and hate thing. But yeah. the reality is, these are cyclical stocks, and Gaurav's exactly right. When the cycle turns, there's a long way down. So no yeah. need to pick the bottom on that. I buy them uh, sort of, I think my thing is 70% uh, or less of asset value, which gets us down to that sort of number. But you want to, you want to, I'd buy it well below asset backing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. Mm. And Gaurav Casey wants a view on CivMec, mm. uh, engineering construction company uh, listed here and on the Singapore exchange as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of this company. Neither had I. I think it's the first time <laughs> yeah. it's come up on the call. It's enormous as well. Mm. I was shocked at how large this business is. Um, they've got $1 billion of work on hand, responsible for some of the biggest 
projects in Australia and have the one of the largest um, engineering heavy engineering factories uh, in on the continent um, in WA. And I'd never heard of this business. It's just wow. extraordinary, right? Yeah. Um, but this was more impressive than I thought it would be. Ordinarily, I'm very cautious and um, almost disparaging, I'd say, of, of these engineers. <laughs> I think this is a really... Never. <laughs> this is a very tough part of the market because yeah. your, um, your work is uh, cyclical, it's competitive, um, and it's capital intensive. And just the, the, that triple C trifecta, you just want to avoid all those things. And <laughs> the industry has it all. It's, it's usually horrible. But this company has um, a pretty decent hi- history of, of good returns, of higher profits. What I particularly like is that there's been um, a good um, capital allocation record here where the company, um, when it generates profit, it pays a decent amount of dividends. I think that's really mm. important because these businesses do have good times, but they've suffered in the past because they've used the cash flow from, from booms to go out and do silly things with. And, and that doesn't appear to be the case here. So that's a good tick. Where I get negative on this business is really in the accounting nitty-gritty. 85% of the revenue here comes from construction contracts, and they use um, uh, contract accounting to account for that. And that's just, it's, there's nothing dodgy about it. It's not wrong. It's the legal and the correct way to do things. But when you use contract accounting to recognize revenue, uh, the company and its directors have almost free reign to write down what they like. There's a very specific way they get they get to recognize revenue and it's in a proportion of the completed contract bill. Yeah. And when inflation is rising and they're spending more uh, money on a project, that actually can translate to higher revenue recognition even though they haven't finished more of the work. Now the evidence for that is in the is in the cash flow. Um, there's a huge discrepancy between the cash flow and the net profit. The net profit is nice and stable and consistent and the cash flow is wildly swinging all over the place. You've also got $200 million worth of receivables and I just think it's very hard to collect cash flow. This is a tricky business. I'm not against holding this. Um, the valuation looks okay. It seems to be well managed. I like the track record so far. Very impressive technical skills. It's just I would need this company to be incredibly obviously cheap for me to buy it. More important than cheap is to be hated and ignored. I don't think right. that's the case now. Okay. So this is just a hold for me. Better than average for this industry, but you want to exercise extreme caution mm. because of the discretionary nature of that revenue recognition. Right. Okay. That's as good as you good as you're gonna get from Gurav for a savings <laughs> stock, right? I it's mean, okay. The guy didn't say bomb the damn thing. Uh, so that's positive. Um, Look, this is, I gotta give it to the viewer. I, I've never heard of it. It's, um, mm. it's been listed since 2018. Um, interesting cycle. It's listed around 80 cents and it halved. Dual listed as well in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. so it mm. halved and it's had a run. So it halved 18, 19, 20, like into the pandemic. Into the Any pandemic, ideas why? Yeah. I don't know what Yeah, happened. that's, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because like, it looks really good. Yeah. It's done well, but the multiple is not that high on historical terms. So. Yeah. The market is not pricing that in. They think that there's going to be earnings risk coming right. um, or there's something that they're counting that they're not uh, comfortable with. It's also the nice market cap. So it's, you know, uh, flipping to the other side, it's 220 mil mm. at the moment. Mm. If you can hold this for another, you know, six, nine months goes up a bit, it ends up being an index play. At the moment, it's not in any other index. So you get that right. index play as well. So it is interesting. I do like the services sector. 
but you have to be careful. This is high risk territory. These are not high quality businesses. Um, this one's had. Well, a, why do you like them? Because at the moment everyone is in quality. And, you know, when someone oh, pulls out the word, oh, "I want to invest like Warren Buffett," you are not Warren Buffett. <laughs> you will never be Warren Buffett. Right? Unless you're a billionaire and you've got yeah. cash flow coming in by the truckload, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. cannot be Warren Buffett. He can sit there and say, I can take a 20, 30% loss. You can't. You panic on 10%. Mm. Yep. So reality is reality. So if you want to be Warren Buffett, <laughs> just buy you know, Berkshire Hathaway stock and be happy. Yep. Uh, if not, don't attempt to be one. Yeah. Um, so what about the me? cherry cokes and steak? Can yeah, we, exactly. Can, do that? can we copy that? I mean, I do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, worry. Yeah, um, no, you do. My wife's got me on a diet, so I, I do do that. Um, so the reality is, it is, so we are looking for bad sectors that everyone hates, right. but are in a turnaround and they've got the macro working for them. So, you know, we've been in Kodan, uh, that's doubled. We've been yep. in service streams up 40, 50%. Uh, um, um, geez, I can't think of the other ones now coming into my head, but there's been about three or four that we're in. A couple of them are just starting to move, others have moved. Uh, look, I'm even looking at Lendlease. Right, you know. Whoa, it's, it's what have you? What did you I just know. say? Yeah, yeah, I know, Lendlease. Because they saw. <laughs> are you the, looking at Lendlease? I am as well. You yeah. are as yeah. well. We're in Downer. Wow. We're in Lendlease. We, the bad boys, mm. they're priced for a lot of things going bad. Yeah. No one's there, yeah. right? So your upside is there, worthwhile the risk return. So, mm. I like the sector. I like the risk return, but I'm not going to the guy who's already up 40, 50 percent, right? Right. So I'm looking for the turnaround stories uh, because you want the buffer because when. They will find a dead body at some yep. point, right? Yep. So you want the buffer. Um, this is a good stock. I like it, but I'm not paying up for it. I want to see, and because these numbers are volatile, I want to see the next couple of numbers mm. and if they can hold up. Because the market is worried about the upcoming number. That's why the multiple is, looks too cheap. There's also some strange stuff here. So the, this company has $500 million of property plant equipment on its books. Very unusual for an engineering contractor to hold that much I don't know what that is. Do they own their own? I'd be interested in just digging into it a little bit more. That's I'm actually, t- I'm, uh, I'm yeah. like, well, I was reading through this and I was going, I got to get one of my broker mates yeah. to look through this and look at it as a potential stock to cover mm. because what, you know, they can, then they can do their D&D right. and then come back and go, oh, what do you think about this, that, that? Yeah, so yeah. I want to question because for me, looking at it, it looks too good. That will never happen, mate, because it's net cash. They don't have debt. They don't need to raise... No, no, that's no, okay. That's okay. We're in a market where mm. brokers need to cover things that don't blow up. <laughs> okay. so, there are opportunities. Okay. so you'd have it as a whole. Yeah. Uh, it's if a whole. If you're there, you stay, right? Um, but worthwhile you, you looking well, at. You've got a buffer. I'll, okay. Yeah, I'm not jumping into that. Uh, Kiri wants a view, mate, that on Mercury NZ, um, electricity generator, generates 15% of New Zealand's electricity. Mm. So this like New Zealand version of AGL. Yeah. Um, and... It's done well. Um, geez, the multiple looks massive. Mm. Um, so you've got to be careful what you're paying for. Oh, that's that's an accounting thing. Yeah, well. I know, yeah. I know. The, but the thematic for all the utilities are kind of interesting at the moment. Um, you have to remember there's a debt fee, massive debt business, right? Um, so the costs will go up. Uh, prices are going up. Um, I, th- I think it's okay, but it doesn't excite me. I, I am interested in the utility sector. One I'm looking at is APA. Mm. It's, you know, it's underperforming. I mean, there's we, only a few stocks in that We looked segment. at it last week, didn't we? Or oh, last, yeah, last, is it? Okay. Last couple of weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, it's coming off and made, they made acquisition. It's quite interesting. So in that scenario, I want to look at things that the market wants to throw out and APA looks like a better play. Um, this one, I think it's, it's okay. If you're there, it's a hold. Hold, okay. Um, but 
it is one that a lot of people like. So I don't think you're going into something that's new. Yeah, right. these New Zealand generators do come up from time to time, and one came up last time when we were on as well. And I'll repeat the comments from from then that that these New Zealand generators, uniquely among Western world um, generators, gen tailors, have performed extraordinary extraordinarily well because New Zealand generates something like ninety percent of its energy renewably, and so you haven't had. The, all the problems that the introduction of renewables into the grid has caused to wholesale prices and to availability, none of that has happened in New Zealand. So these companies have all performed splendidly because they have had undisrupted wholesale energy markets. This is actually a really high quality business. Um, as you said, um, something like 15% of the generation in, in on that country, um, $8 billion market cap, so a big company paying wow. a sub 4% yield. I think the way to look at this is on the basis of yield. This is not a fast-growing stock. I think you get about 1.5% growth in the uh, New Zealand energy market. They are introducing some new assets, but they've also phased out their old coal power assets as well. So a lot of it is a replacement of fuel rather than a growth of the generation fleet. Um, And they have a big uh, retail operation as well. I, I think this is too expensive. They have a huge amount of debt bec- and they're going to spend, be spending more money on, on um, replenishing um, the generation um, as well. So the, that debt figure may well climb. Um, it's paying yield less than the 10-year bond yield. It is. And the other thing I don't like is just the capital allocation. So these guys have been paying dividends for 15 years and growing a large debt load at the same time. I, I, I just don't think that's necessary. I'd, I'd like so to see this one more sell. conservative. I would sell it. Yeah, right. I think okay. this is a pseudo market darling. Yeah, for a lot of people right. who are looking for that um, infrastructure. The yield, like, you're right. right. The yield is not high enough. You can get. That's yeah, the thing. The, the benchmark has gone up. Yes, you that's got to, right. You got to step up. Yeah. Right. So for a very low growth business. Yeah. Let's go from New Zealand to New Guinea. Mm. Uh, Jordan wants a view on BSP Financial, uh, Gorab, uh, banking, asset finance, life insurance, funds management, corporate advisory in Papua New Guinea, uh, South Pacific, Fiji, Cook Islands. Keen is another one, isn't it? Yeah, Keen is the challenger. This is the big established one. Ah, right. Okay. Um, this is the Bank of South Pacific. It's the largest, um, a largest local institution in the Pacific. I don't know whether some of the big fours might have bigger footprints there. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Did they anyone... buy Westpac's? No. Or was that Keen? Uh, I think Keen bought. Keen bought Westpac's yeah. operations. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, but this shares a lot of similarities with Keen in that the numbers here are truly extraordinary. But to, to access those extraordinary numbers, you've got to pay for Papua New Guinea, which is extraordinary in different ways. Um, I've used to work, <laughs> I've worked in Papua New Guinea in a former life, and it scared the pants off me. Hmm. Uh, I think I've told this story before, but I used to eat at this Chinese restaurant, and um, I used to, one day I went back to the Chinese restaurant, and the bloke wasn't there, someone else was there, and I said, oh, what happened to the old guy? Oh, you know, the gangsters came and chopped his head off. Um, <laughs> the rascals had, right? had, de- had yeah. chopped his head off and oh left it there because of some dispute. This is as close to a failed lawless state as you can get, even in the capital cities, let alone the rest of the country. Extremely difficult to do business with, which makes the results of Kina and BSP truly remarkable. You know, people forget whenever you have these wild societies, you also have, you also need banking institutions and business goes on. So these companies come in, they take right. the risk and they do very well. Um, so in Australia, the typical bank, or oh, globally, the typical bank would earn a 1% return on assets. 
and leverage that up for maybe a 10%, 8% return on equity. These guys own a 3% return on assets and a 30% return on equity. Wow. So triple the profitability of a typical global bank and you're buying this at half the price of a typical global bank. It's one point something times book value, which is I think pretty cheap for this kind of return profile. I'm going to throw a spec buy in there because... Well, <laughs> but just don't visit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a remarkable country. Visit, oh, yeah. but, but wear your armor and everything. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did... 13% yield as well. Yeah, yeah. I did Kokoda. Well, I remember you did Kokoda, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it was... Yeah. Yeah. Did you bump Tended, into any to, mud men or anything? <laughs> well, it's interesting when you... Uh, Go to the hotel, surrounded by barbed yes, wire right. and yes. dogs, and yes. you go, oh, okay, it's interesting. My wife grew up there for a bit. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, because a lot of um, Sri Lankans um, in that era <coughs> were engineers, ah, uh, so third right. world countries. So my wife grew up in Nigeria, um, PNG, Malaysia. Right. So the, where infrastructure engineers went, and yeah, they 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 loved their time there, but it was scary. Yeah. Um, and I, I think mm. that's. I mean, Grab said everything. I mean, look, it's cheap because it's high risk. You know, you want to play a high risk play, sure. Mm. But is this going to shoot? 10% yield though. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think that's, you, it's, it's almost like, it's just like a scary biotech. Yeah. You, can, you can lose the whole thing, uh, but you'll get a yield till you, right. you know, for the risk. <laughs> and I, I cannot work out my risk return to play in it. Um, KSL is the other one, Kina. Yeah, that's um, the other one. And yeah. again, yeah. It both look phenomenal on yeah, the numbers, but there's a reason why the market doesn't want to pay for right. it, right? Um, you know, if you're buying a bank, you're buying for safety, consistency, sovereign risk, blah, blah, blah. These are not that, right? right? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the that's the problem. I don't know what to do. Remarkable numbers. I think it's just too hard. Yeah. Remarkable it, numbers. It, it is remarkable. Mm. And so if you're playing a spec play and you're yeah. willing to take the risk, yeah. yeah, fine. Okay. See, I would rather spec play in this rather than some because you you know the odds you that's know the true risks. actually that's some not a bad yeah or, or, right so yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when he's giving you 10 percent year right yeah. if you get it for yeah you know four or five years then even if it drops 50 percent you go oh, that's okay yeah. yeah you know what i mean okay that's the advantage so, and if you're getting 13 percent yield that's but put it in that level yes, of investment. it's right. a high that's risk right. it's a not a normal bit bit of a spec chuck it in the portfolio mate throw it <laughs> in the Osby's portfolio. I, mean, I can do some stuff, but that's just yeah. out there. I think I'll get run over by a okay. car for that. Something a bit more uh, traditional and stable, Sam. Uh, Nathan wants a view on Domain, the uh, the big real estate platform, uh, second in the market to REA. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I think th- these guys have outperformed expectations. I mean, REA is by far is a massive beast, right? Yep. I mean, it's on beast mode at the moment, uh, despite interest rates, it's it's killed it, it's doing well. I think domains plays the same thematic. Um, the housing market is held up better than most expected, um, thanks to RBA um, policy stupidity, um, or explanational stupidity. Um, but the reality is, we have a very strong property market, we've got a weak economy, so the answer for RBA is to, oh, I have to keep the property market pumped up, otherwise it's more of a risk. Um, and I don't know if that actually works because it's adding to the inflation. So we're kind of trapped in our own bubbles. Um, so it's a tough play, but I think these guys are doing okay. Um, I think, you know, rents are high, prices are high. Um, and I think even in a sliding market, sure, there will be a certain level of um, less volume, 
but it'll still hold up okay um i am not chasing either of them in the right now oh neither rei yeah. no okay no no way um i'm not chasing either one but if you're there in domain i think you're okay you can hold okay. it long term all right i don't like it at all i i, I think this oh, is Jesus. a strong sell um it's an awful business and that really surprised me i must say i've not spent a lot of time looking at domain and i expected to see a mini rea no yeah. everyone knows yeah. rea is fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't expect to see the same thing as uh, why is it not a mini rea i you know i don't know I, I would have thought there's enough revenue in this pool for for two competitors both to make decent returns yeah, yeah. rea makes stellar returns there is enough revenue for domain to make acceptable above average returns and it's just not doing that it's making less ebit now than it was pre covid um less cash flow now than it was pre covid now rea is making 30% more ebit and way more cash flow than it was pre covid mm, so they've gone backwards That's a big difference. and rea yeah. has shot ahead forward it makes lousy returns on capital single digit returns on capital when rea makes 20% plus returns on capital huh. And um, you get all that for forty-five times earnings. Wow, it's crazy. No, this is a. This is a so sale. you would you would you switch out yes. of this into REA even yep. now? REA is expensive, but if if you're in this, whatever reason you, you have for buying exposure. this, yeah. just just switch it's, over. And it's kind of like when yeah. you talk about Woolies and Coles, right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. It is. It, it's well, Coles is better than Domain, I would say. Yeah, but in the sector, mm. uh, when you're looking at the dynamics within each other, that's what it's. You know, I can put out so many examples. It's like aristocrat versus Ainsworth. Yep. I mean, Ainsworth is a value trade, mm-hmm. and you went nowhere. And aristocrat is a beast, right? So in each in each sector, you have these the the quality beast in that sector. You just buy it. When your thematic is good, you go straight to the beast and you buy it, right? And so you know, if you want telco, telecom, yeah. you buy Telstra. Yeah. Because there's when the some, cycle turned, there's something the else cycle- here as well. I, I don't know why. There must be a reason why. Mm. This, this is really underperforming what it should be. I, I agree with your point generally. And and what do they do generally? They hire the management, middle, mid-level management from the other mm. one trying to replicate yeah, possibly, the person. It's like possibly. the football teams. Yeah. You should Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me about football. And, um, but that's the thing. And, and I think it, it is one of those. Uh, domain is okay. your poor man's REA. Okay. Uh, yeah, REA's put a lot into technology. For a um, long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's oh, the, we'll the old school tech, right? Yeah. REA, car sales, uh, yeah. seek. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Fitstock, uh, Lily wants a view on Lake Resources, the uh, lithium uh, company, uh, Gorev, with uh, projects in Argentina. This is still a $260 million business. At its peak, I think it was $2.5 billion business. So this is 10% of what it used to be. Cool. I just think both those numbers wow. are extraordinary. I, Gee, lithium's meant to be hot, not, not according no, to that No, lithium graph. prices have fallen but, uh, a, yeah, quite a long way, yeah. and just about all lithium stocks have come down uh, decently. This has come down more than most because its proposed project, which is in Argentina, um, it's looking troubled, and um, I say that gently. So they've announced that the project will be six years late, to reaching capacity, yeah, six cool. years, and the costs will be multiples of what the original $2. cost was. $2.32 to $0.18. Cents. Yeah, yeah. It's, there are a lot of EV stocks that have had that cycle. Right. Well, there was, there's been a mania. Yeah. Well, in a mania, the, it's a bubble. Poor stocks. And then the bubble comes up. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I would not touch this. If you yeah. own it now, still sell it while you can, because I think this is on its way out. Um, 
they're mm. proposing to extract. So they're using they're, they're in Argentina. The typical way you produce is with a brine. You drill boreholes. You get this briny water, and you have to um, process that to or evaporate that, then process the rest of it. You end up with these um, lithium material. Um, they want they have, they're trying to use this method, um, which is called direct lithium extraction, which has been successful in some uses, but um, hasn't been successful in other uses. It's right. a bit of an unknown. Mm. Um, and phase one capital cost for this two hundred sixty million dollar business is one point five billion dollars. Oh, okay. I just don't think this is not going to happen. Um, I would exit this immediately. Nathan. Yeah, look, uh, lithium, actually, some of the lithium stocks, the producers have actually held up better than the actual lithium price. Yep, they have. Out of the energy uh, commodities, yep. the number one currently over the three months is oil. Mm. Number two is uranium. Coal is not number, number three is number coal. Three. Oh, okay. yeah, number three is coal. So those are the three you want to be there. Yep. And we like number of them in those categories uh, for that reason. Back to coal. Yeah. Well, the coal is holding up. Uranium is ripping. And oil is, you know, yes. oil kaboom. is really surprising. Yes, yeah. kaboom. Well, I did say ninety bucks, and we're getting there. We're getting there. We're uh, getting there. Yep. Um, and I, I think that's the side of the energy mm. player that, for me, currently okay. makes sense. Um, for me, the lithium stocks have done too well in the past. Um, yes, there is an article that comes out every two months that there is a short supply in lithium. I mean, if you believe the dynamics of short supply should get higher price, what the hell is happening to copper? Yeah. Uh, so if till copper runs, I ain't touching anything else. Okay. Uh, so, so you'd no sell, need to be there. sell yeah. this. Sell. Yep. Okay. Let's recap the first five stocks. Stock of the day: uh, Sims, no from both Gorev and Nathan. Sibmec, uh, a hold from both. Um, surprisingly, out of that discussion, the the revelation was both like lend lease. After for years well, putting in the category like, of Australia's a, worst run company, it's and a now both buying lend lease. Like, like it's a bit strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's put it this way: every dog has his day. Okay, all right. Mercury NZ, a sell from Gorev, a hold from Nathan in that infrastructure area. He prefers APA at the moment. Uh, BSP Finance is a spec uh, buy from both domain, a sell from Gorev, a hold from Nathan and a sell from both on Lake Resources. Here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the Investment Committee, the last committee meeting on the platform at the moment. In September, uh, Paradigm Farmer out, giving way to Challenger, which also received 1% trims from each of Altium and Paladin. Of course, sending your requests into the call here is the first step to go to the investment committee. And uh, BSP Finance will be recommended to the next investment committee meeting, which (laughs) should be a really interesting discussion. I'm going to get hammered. Yes, you are. All right, I thought there was a promo coming there, but obviously not. Uh, no, this is it. Don't miss our next virtual investor event. It's one for the gold bugs or bears, uh, for that matter. Uh, this Thursday, 11 a.m., uh, we'll debate what the future holds for gold and get key stock picks from gold in- for gold investors. Registration gets you entry to watch live or on demand. Go for gold and register today. Osbiz.co. Slash is it Doco? Yes, slash Gold Rush. Uh, this half hour, back to engineers, Matrix. We're going to have a look at Fonterra Shareholders Fund, IPH, Metrics, Master Income Trust, and Dicker Data. 
Uh, Gaurav, mm. what do you think of Matrix Composites and Engineering? Mark wants a view on it. Ah, Back to engineering. Yeah. Now, if you've ever sat at home and thought, what I need in my portfolio is syntactic foam buoyancy modules, this is the company for you. <laughs> yeah, it's never come up in conversation around that end of the table, that's for sure. So what these guys do is um, is they they have a factory out in, in WA and they produce um, syntactic foam, which is like uh, foam made of these little round um, plasticky material. Um, it's, it's supposed to be very light and extremely strong and um, there are a couple of uses for it. You case your important subsea equipment in it to protect it from sea pressure. Oh and sharks biting it and stuff. No, I just made that last bit up. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing you do is um, the, the bottom of your of your flotation uh, platforms, you have to encase oh. in this stuff as well. So it's okay. a really important input into um, subsea drilling. Uh, I believe Matrix is the largest producer in the world. I think there's one other company that does it. There were about four companies that produced this stuff, but over the last 10 years, as offshore drilling has collapsed, um, uh, they've most of those have folded, and Matrix I think is now maybe one or two uh, of, of the remaining participants in this industry. I'll say that I own Matrix. Um, I've owned it on and off over the last uh, five or six years, waiting mm. for this industry to come back um, and for this business's profits and revenue to return. Um, it's only just looking like that's starting to happen over the last twelve months. Okay. So revenue in twenty twenty one was seventeen million dollars. Last year it was $47 million. These guys are capable of doing probably $150 million of revenue, Whoa. I think, as this industry recovers. Um, then I think they're just, just hitting profitability now. But um, as more revenue um, comes through the door and as more drilling takes place, then you should start to see um, margins expand and profits come through. Not happy with the, um, with the cash flow of this business yet. I want to try and I'd like to see more cash coming through. Haven't been all that impressed with management. They're okay, but but mm. you know they've gone through a long down cycle without any evidence that they've improved anything really. Um, but I think there's tremendous cyclical um, potential in this business. It's it's uh, okay. it's not earning. So it's turnaround. Completely under earning. Um, the the demand is just starting to come back now. You can see it from other offshore offshore shipping rates, offshore um, boat hire. And this is probably the last piece of the puzzle that gets done. Um, so it'll take time, but I think as you see a recovery here, you could see quite a big appreciation in the share price. The other thing I'll quickly mention is that um, they are chasing a new market, which is um, uh, offshore wind farms. Um, they need multiples of the buoyancy modules that offshore drilling platforms require. So if they can chase that market down, this mm. suddenly stops becoming a sin stock and starts becoming an ESG darling. That's a wonderful little, it'll probably mm. you know, triple the multiple or something once that happens. Get the okay. ESG premium. So, a buy so it's, it's a speculative buy. It's, Spec buy, okay. It's been a, a terrible stock for a long time. And really. You've been very patient with it. Well, I've sold it on and off. I've, I've only made money in the last 12 months. I've held right. it for like seven years on and off. Right. Lost money for years. And yeah. then this, this year, it's gone okay. up a long yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those uh, stocks that you, you know, 10 years to become a market darling. I'm sure we've spoken, spoken about this about sort this. of exactly. a decade ago or something. Exactly. <laughs> we, we have kept an yeah. eye on this. Um, and the two stocks that we always said when energy returns, yep. you want to own is Matrix yep. and MRM. MMA. Yeah, MMA, yep. uh, MRM yep. code. Uh, I think of codes. Um, MRM's dub. 
tripled yeah. um, from the lows yep. in the last year and a half. That was the one to be in, actually. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that was always going to be the yeah. first one to move, and this yes. one was the second one. Yep. And it's had a good bounce. Uh, I, I still think energy prices go higher, uh, and that will help both of these stocks. Um, again, services sector, energy sector, tick, tick. Mm. Um, shitty business, yes. Um, does everyone um, not like it? Yes, it's, it's, it's a tough one to love. So I think it's one of those um, ugly ducklings on the turnaround, and I think it's worthwhile. It's a, it is high risk, but I think it's worth the high risk. Um, I think you can put a okay. speculative buy on this, hmm. um, and I think it's the upside is is worth the taking yes, the risk. That's, I agree with that's that. the main thing. Upside that's, is huge. It's a similar to that Lendley's downer trade for us. Yeah. It has to have a, a decent upside because mm. there is a decent risk. Yeah, but it's worth taking because everyone else is crowded in the same stocks. Okay. So that's why the upside is worth. All right. Uh, are you just as positive, Nathan, on Fonterra shareholders mm. fund? Steve wants a view. Of course, Fonterra is the big. New Zealand Dairy Cooperative, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, which all the dairy farmers own. The shareholders fund allows investors to come in and sort of get a return as well. Yeah, look, no need to cry on spilt milk. There's more. Uh, there's, there's, more there's more to come. Green, there's more to green, come. Green, yes. we, we've had, been working on that for a while. I know. I had to wait 10 years to use <laughs> yeah. that. The stock hasn't done much. Um, Look, the thing about it is for a long time, the guys who made the products with the branding and the marketing made all the margins. The guys who actually made the products, yeah. uh, the actual underlying food product, didn't get it. Um, and look, I'm a big believer in the food thematic um, in multiple food categories, and milk is one of them. Milk fell to multiple year lows and it started to bounce, and Fonterra is recovering on the back of that. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it, yeah, it is, it's I think it is. a five-year low. Yeah, so yep. it is actually seeing better uh, farm gate prices, and that should flow through. Okay, and so in dairy, would this be your pick? It or is would you go a bigger or? No, so bigger is because there's an input cost. So right. rising prices in milk and soft is gonna hurt that. I actually like bigger, but I'm waiting for that. Right. The market it keeps falling in love and getting hammered. They're buying more and more brands. Mm. I think it's a good business, but the input costs are gonna be high. This one benefits from these prices, right? Okay. So, so you say it's the cream of the crop. That's uh, it, that's uh, it. You're there. Now you're there for the cream. Uh, you've had the shake, now you're ready, to, okay. ready for the cream. I think so it's worth it. So it'd be a buy. Yeah, it's a buy. Okay. Do you agree, Gaurav? I don't disagree with what Maeth is saying. Um, but and, and maybe- I feel a butt coming. Yeah, there is definitely a butt coming. <laughs> yes. Maybe milk prices do rise. I can see the setup for that. I, I, not, not, a bad, not a bad bet to take. It's the structure of, of this yes. business, yes. which I find a bit confounding because you're not an equity holder here. The yes. business is actually owned by, I think there's like 11,000 farmers. Yep. What you're buying is an economic interest, which you have no control over, no ah. say over. And, um, so you're not a, an owner in the co-op no, at all? What you're buying is, is you're buying a piece of the cash flow streams. That right. That's right. Okay. Now at the moment, this Fonterra is negative free cash flow, and yet okay. they're still, because of this setup, Structure. they're still having to pay out dividends. And I just that, that's not a good setup for the balance sheet. A business like this needs to be financially extremely secure in the downturn, so it can be free to allocate in the upturn. And they don't have that flexibility to do that because of the structure. Um, I, yeah, that really is a huge turnoff for me. Mm, okay. um, and also just the quality wise, this is, this is never going to make double digit returns on capital. And yeah, that, it's not a minimum. high growth business. I mean, it's not it's, a high quality business. It's, well, it is. Yeah. I mean, look, with all the high quality businesses are extremely expensive at the moment. I mean, people are jamming them up. So you have to look outside that. Yeah. I think it, there is a place for Fonterra. I think it plays as a yield play. And for, for that, it works. 
but it's not a high growth play. Um, you're not okay. there for that. Yeah, it's a so, silver. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next stop, Bradley wants a view, Gaurav, mm. on basically investing in, in a bunch of lawyers. Uh, IPH, the Intellectual Property Group, which does all your intellectual property for businesses and the like, uh, 25 different companies. Uh, countries around the world. I feel as though investments in law firms ought to be a circle of hell in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always struggled with one question with all these listed law firms. I don't understand why they need the capital, why they're listing. I think it's a it's it's something that investors do not think enough about. And that's the the what happens to a company once it changes from being a partnership to a, a listed company, a shareholder-based yeah. business. That's a huge difference. In a partnership, I think you get these partners who take a cut of the profits, mm. they, they have long-term holdings, they're incentivized to think in long-term ways. They can't just sell or buy very easily. Mm. And I, I, you've got really good results over partnerships over a long period of time. And all of a sudden, when you flip that over into a shareholder model, it changes the incentives really rapidly without changing any of the um, culture or any of the um, agility of the company at all, right. and and I think that's really dangerous. You've seen how how that happens in you've seen the results of that in other companies, and I can't think of too many successful listed law firms. This is not a bad business. There is good reason these guys specialize in intellectual property, hmm. um, and and if you're going to invest in a law firm, this is a great great area to invest in because these things you have to renew um, every once in a while, so there's ongoing reoccurring fees. It's a huge part of a, of a business's competitive advantage. So they're always yep. going to pay up and pay for the best. But it's it's the numbers don't make any match up here. You're 22 times earnings, a 5% free cash flow yield. The only way you grow is by acquiring other businesses, a debt-laden balance sheet. I'd sell this. There's no reason to hold this stock. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it is intellectual property lawyers, right? Um, oh, sorry, can I just say also, there's a slide in this IP lawyer business about generative AI. Now, on that alone, you can just sell. <laughs> Harsh but true. Sure. Um, it, the reason, uh, I mean, I'm a fan of this sector, not because of the lawyers, uh, and I have quite a few relatives who are lawyers. <laughs> and I do not trust them that clearly. Um, and they would tell me the same thing, so it's okay. Um, Look, I, I think uh, I think this business is what I like about the business is it's non-correlated to the economy. So when you have economic um, cycles <clears throat> that are working against you, you need to look at stocks that are non-correlated. So this is one of those. Um, but I agree, the, the only reason they come to the market is to raise money and acquire other businesses. Yep. That's the mm, only or for, right. for people to cash out. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. is the only way for these guys. Strategy. Yeah. yeah. So exit strategy. So yeah. in that context, you have to be careful. Um, and oh, I think you're getting the discount. It's probably not too bad where it is. I am keeping an it's eye on 22 it. 22 times earnings, mate. Yeah, but these are lumpy ones and it should get a disc, uh, premium because it's a unique business model. There's yeah. not too many. There is a that. smaller yeah. one, yep. QIP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the last update actually was a beat. Okay. Oh. And it's popped up a bit. So that's why I suddenly paid attention to this sector again mm. um, because I'm looking for defensives um, in anywhere. Uh, so that, you know, it kind of helps. Um, so. I am looking at that for the next set of data. Now, this hasn't been a um, this has been a downgrade cycle for a good part of a year, uh, so I'm not chasing it. 
but I am keeping an eye on it because QIP came up with a decent result. So if this one beats on the next set of data, I will be interested, okay. but not right not now. now, keep an eye on it. All right, uh, Rod wants a view uh, based on the Metrics Master Income Trust. Hmm. Um, everyone, oh, income, everyone's eyebrows <laughs> go up, so yep, we need this in a high interest rate market. Um, sort of private loan market, isn't yeah. it? Um, well, what was the lending solicitors used to do and used to invest in it a lot as well? Oh, IMF Bentham. Yeah, they've changed the model to be more yeah. of an asset management yeah. model. Right, they take fees I, down. I actually like them. Yeah. Um, I actually like them. Um, this is an interesting one because if you looked at the, you know, over the last, you know, five, six years, um, it kind of tops up around the $2, $2.10. Yeah. You're pretty much there. Um, yeah. And interest rates are wooshka. Mm. So for me, for an income fund, you're not getting the discount that you want to get in. You have to be really careful because when people are trying to outperform their benchmark and the benchmark's gone up, they're going to be ramping up risk. Mm. And so inherently there's risk into the, all of these things. Okay. In the last month, interestingly in the US, fund managers have started to move money from cash. For about three, four months they were moving into equities and especially techs. Now they're moving it into bonds. Mm. Mm. Interesting, the okay. dynamics is changing. But this looks fairly priced, so I'm not chasing it. Okay. Right. Look, I think it's all right. It's trading at net asset value. And um, what they do is they invest in debt markets and mm. in corporate bonds directly. It's probably a piece of the market that private investors don't get a lot of access to. And if you do it sensibly, you can actually generate very high yields, especially in this kind of environment. They're generating a 7.7% yield right now. And that trading at asset value seems fine to me. Um, the aim, the long-term aim of this company is to generate um, the RBA cash rate plus three-something percent. And that's That ought to be doable, and I think that's a sensible sort of conservative mm. aim. Okay. If they were promising cash rate plus sort of 10% or something, you just know they're doing something dodgy. <laughs> yep. It doesn't yeah, yeah. appear to be the case here. I think okay, this is so if you're after income, this is a reason fine. for yep. Okay. And our final story. Uh, Doc, Gaurav Cameron wants a view on Dicker Data, mm. the uh, computer hardware software cloud uh, distributor. Mm. Uh, founder-led, founder-run? Yep, founder-led, founder-run, but also, um, well, we, we own this stock in our portfolio, I should add. It's been a buy recommendation. I can't remember if it is now. I think don't think it is now at the moment, but it has been in the past and we own it in our, in our portfolio. But the um, even after the founder, the layers of management here are really impressive. Mm. And uh, we we're wondering why that is. And it's, it's actually because um, I can't think of another business this size that pays its senior management as well. I think they get a couple of percent of net profit every year. It goes directly to the handful of senior managers in this company. Wow. Um, and um, the incentive structures in this company <clears throat> are like nothing I've seen on the ASX. The founder who has a huge stake doesn't collect a salary, just lives off the dividends. Um, the salaries for the um, for the uh, business heads and, and key management are all incredibly low, but then topped up with um, with uh, incentive schemes and bonuses mm. um, that are usually paid in cash and not, not usually in equity, but they can be a mixture of both. So these are really intelligent, highly incentivized people running this business, a lot of insider ownership. And when you Do present that, they do deliver, as you'd expect. I think when yep. you when you start with that setup, um, you do deliver. I've I've been really impressed. 
The nature of this business is high risk, lots of debt, um, very low margins, it's a box mover, um, but it has to be incredibly efficient at what it does. Um, and it's cleaned the floor with the competitors. When it began, it was a tiny, tiny competitor. Mm. It is now the giant in the industry. <laughs> and I've been really impressed. Um, uh, the uh, high interest rate environment, high inflation is not good for them because they're effectively a working capital outsource machine. And so their costs all go up. But I think if you can look through this period, you'll see a return of, of good margins and very high returns on capital. Happy to buy this one still. It's a bit, bit expensive, yet yeah, I'm still going to go buy the bounce. it. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, look, agree. It's good quality business. It has been for a long time. It's over-earned and it probably will continue. Interesting, about two months ago, uh, a big broker initiated on it. I was like, what hmm. the? Uh, because it's a known stock. Um, yeah. So when a big broker comes in, uh, and um, two months later, there's an upgrade comes through and the, <laughs> right. the stock pops. Um, gee, I'm shocked. Um, but, you know, um, putting that aside, it's a good quality business. I think it still earns quite well. I think it holds up. It's come back. I mean, this was $15. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. come back a long way. It is one that I'm a bit annoyed that we didn't jump in before it popped. But, geez, it's a tough play at the moment. Uh, we missed a few tech bounces, but that's okay. Um, I think the macro for me doesn't match up. But it is one where if you held it through, I think you hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not chasing it here, but you know, if you if you've been there, it's a hold. Okay. Um, just checking our other favourites. Tech stock here, Ordnate. I know. Mm. Up to thirteen bucks. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Long well, good report. They've also been a bit naughty, Ordnate. Oh. Yeah. The yeah, they've raised money. capital when they kind of told the market they didn't need capital, mm. and then the CEO was selling shares prior to the cap raising announcement. Not a good uh, look. Not a good look at all. I don't think it's a yeah, reason to sell. I, not, I, I the, but, What I don't get yeah. is it got jammed up hard. Insiders would have known. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... If there was any discussion inside the company, even yeah, a discussion about raising Exactly, capital, you would yeah. know. You should lock out share sales. Yeah. yeah. One, you do that. Yeah. Two, you pop it hard. Yeah. And then you raise okay. money. It's just... I mean, I, I like Jeez, it. I'm it's glad I brought that two, up. But, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. It just, look, it, it didn't I haven't sold. I don't think it's. I don't, don't right. think I'd be selling. Yet. No, no, the business okay. is still it's the just, business. They just need one a thing. Over the knuckles. Yeah, yeah. just wrap it yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's recap the uh, final five stocks: Matrix, uh, Spec Buy from both Gorab and Maiden, Fonterra shares, uh, Buy from Maiden, No from Gorab, IPH, a sell. From Gorab, a no from Mathan, but putting it on his watch list. Uh, metrics hold from Gorab, no from Mathan, and Dikadata, a buy from both. Um, interesting list of stocks today. Yes, there was. Yeah. Uh, BSP, um, spec buy on both a Matrix. Couple, a couple from of ones both. that I've never seen. Yes. I'm happy that I've been told about Good it. Good to have a look at. Uh, thank you for sending them in. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our panel, uh, go to osbiz.co slash call picks uh, or tweet us using the at osbiz tv handle uh, Grove Sadie from Intelligent Investor good to see you nice Matt to have you back as well time. thank you uh, good to have you thank as you well Jared. joining us <laughs> don't you start stick around the pulse is next Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 